Hi, hello, and welcome to Solo Sisters. I'm Erica. And I'm Kurt. And today we have a new mic, so it's very weird for us in our ears. Uh-huh. Hopefully it sounds different to you. Hopefully it's not too better. different. Yeah, better. Better. Anyway, today we're talking about communion and baptism and some of the different views that people have within the Christian circle where we land. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might be kind of shocked where we land on baptism. Maybe even communion. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. We're weird. It's fine. It's going to be fine. (laughs) Nothing heretical. We're all good. It's fine. Okay. So let's get into it. (laughs) So we're talking about baptism and communion today. Just because like those are... Those are the two practices within the church that people tend to mess up frequently. (laughs) And there's just so many different views on what they mean, what they're for, who they're for, and it can get confusing. So I feel like we should just start simple and explain simple definitions of what they are. So let's just, let's start with baptism and then we'll get to communion later. And understand baptism. Cool. Yeah. So, when researching the term baptism as a whole, um, it's actually a transliterated word. It's not a translated word. So, basically what that means is we have the Greek word baptismo, and we just Englishified it into baptism. (laughs) Instead of translating it, so instead of taking the meaning of the word into English, we just took the literal Greek word and made it sound like an English word, basically. <laughs> but if we were to translate it, so if we were to translate baptismo into English, we would have gotten the word immersion. So if we had done that properly, I feel like we could have avoided so many issues within the church. <laughs> but so uh, um, so basically, if you're sprinkling people, you're already not doing the word correctly. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's such an interesting perspective too, because if you if you just read baptism in the New Testament, you're just gonna be like, oh yeah. Baptism. And I feel like most of our audience is Reformed Baptists, so I feel like they're already on board for what that means. Yeah, they're you probably know? not sprinkling anybody. <laughs> yeah. But here's an interesting fact about me. When studying the Presbyterian view of baptism versus the Baptist view of baptism, I was kind of leaning Presby. I was pretty persuaded by their argument, honestly. Um, we also have to know a lot of, of more of, um, I don't know how to explain it. So let me back up a little bit. So if you are a Reformed Baptist, you're kind of the minority. And so what I mean by that is you're either Reformed and um, Presbyterian, like that's the majority of people, or you're, you're um, dispensational and Baptist. Does that make sense what I'm saying to you? Can you define all of those things? I'll try. 
Um, like, act like we have a person listening that has no idea. No idea what any of those What that mean. is. So, Presby. Okay. What does that mean? Presby. Um, basically, well, they adhere to the Presbytery. So, they have, like, a very formal government in their church. But, basically... What it comes down to between the difference between a Presbyterian and a Baptist is that Presbyterians will baptize their children and baptize their babies before they have a confession of faith. And Baptists will only baptize um, their children and others who have confessed true faith. Really strict Baptists will make sure that kids um, have certain... um, Oh my gosh, what's the word? Catechisms memorized in order for them to be baptized. Which I think is a little legalistic. So I'm not really on board for that. But I understand the practice of it. So I get it and I don't get it. You know what I mean? If you don't know what I mean, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. But you can just Google it. Just Google it. And then um, Reformed versus Dispensational. If you hear, like, Reformed theology, think um, covenant theology as well. So those are almost, like, interchangeable words. This is all kind of new to me, too. I'm still processing all this information. So this is what I have collected thus far. But Reformed theology and covenant theology are basically the same thing. And then dispensational theology is... I guess the opposite view. I wouldn't call them opposites because I think they tend to agree on a lot lot of things, biblically speaking. They just disagree in their own systems, if that makes sense. So basically, there are different views of how you view the structure of scripture. So a dispensationalist, you've probably heard that term when talking about end times and how they believe in rapture and all that jazz. Typically. Mm-mm. Not me. Yeah, I don't either. I think Allie Stucky does. I, I think, think Jeff Durbin has persuaded her a little bit. I think she's, like, super post though. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's very interesting. Well, like, if you know um, John, Mithar- John MacArthur, he is mm-hmm. a rapture homie. Everybody has one thing about their theology. You gotta have one. I know. He's got a couple of things, though, that I disagree with, honestly. <laughs> Love him. He's totally a brother. But he's got some wacky things up in there. But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. No complaints. No complaints. Um, but anyway, so if you are a dispensationalist, you, not in terms of um, end time eschatology, in terms of how you view scripture, you view scripture in terms of dispensations. So there's certain dispensations um, through the Old Testament into the New Testament in which God had certain ways of interacting with his people um, and certain ways that his people were to respond to him. So um, when he made his covenant with Abraham, that was a beginning of a dispensation that they that God's people would begin circumcising um, their children in reflection of who God is in order to bring about the covenant that he had with Abraham. So that would be one dispensation. And then when that changes... I can't do that, sorry. When that changes... 
This is so weird. Even if I just do this, it changes everything. <laughs> <sighs> we have a new microphone, guys. It's cool. It's different. But um, anyway. Um, so yeah, they, they view things through dispensations, through like the structure of scripture. Whereas covenant theology more so looks at the covenants of scripture but at the same time they almost line up because the abrahamic covenant is still a covenant that dispensationalists would view as a certain dispensation so that's what i mean when they tend to agree biblically but in their own systems and how they view the structures they just disagree in their own systems so, like, dispensationalists have more dispensations than there are covenants. So, it's like dispensationalists are an exhaustive version, <laughs> I feel like. So, yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't, don't know what to tell you. Get Ben Merkel's book called um, Discont- Discontinuity to Continuity, I think it's called. We'll put it in the Google description. It. You'll find it. That'll help you. Promise. So yeah, hopefully that makes sense to where we get into this conversation. <laughs> so, how that relates to baptism. Let's okay. go there. Thank you. Okay, so, typically... All I heard was that you were pedo and I would stop listening. I know. No, I'm just kidding. I know. It's fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's fine. But, basically, it's so bizarre. Because I know so many dispensationalists who are also Presbyterian, and then they're all mixed up. It's so weird. But from what I've understood is at least the the Presbys that I know, they tend to lean towards dispensationalists. And dispensationalists also view... <laughs> There's a hurricane happening. <laughs> <laughs> this microphone is too good for my neighborhood. I know. We need a, like, we need a padded room. You want these motorcyclists out here? Or is that an airplane? I have no idea. It just sounds like thunder. <laughs> what if they can't even hear this and they just think we're a bunch of crazy people? <laughs> That's so funny. It literally sounds like nothing without the headphones what? on. This is crazy. Is your AC on? <laughs> not running okay who it's knows not... who knows just a ghost okay anyway i'm sorry okay no it's okay <laughs> i got distracted too um okay so the dispensationalist presbyterian people that i know um they believe that when you view scripture through the dispensations that they are promised to families as opposed to individuals. Okay. So, like with the covenant of Abraham, it was for him and his offspring. Gotcha. You know? Mm-hmm. And then it continues on like that throughout scripture. Do and they then, have a New Testament argument? Too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the, um, a lot of their argument um, is in Acts where households would be baptized right you know what i mean although it never specifies 
children within those households, but I guess it's assumed that there are children in those households. But at the same time, Baptists would argue that in those sections of scripture, all those individuals had to come to their own confession of faith. And then we also have like in Romans and in Hebrews, like it doesn't matter if you are a literal offspring of Abraham. It matters that you have been found in Christ, that your faith is counted as righteousness, not anything that you do. And I'm not saying like, Presby's don't say that when they baptize their babies, they're saved. They don't say that. They don't believe that. They're saying that they will now raise their child into the baptism in which that they have been their entire lives. Would they be encouraged to be baptized again? Once they, they become... No. Okay. No. It's a one-time deal. Gotcha. But it's also because... Anabaptists, so people who have been baptized twice, um, during the time where all of this theology is being formulated, got a really bad name during the Munster Revolt. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to Sheila Odin's episode about that, too? Uh-huh. That's when all of this theology was being formulated, too. Right. So Anabaptists were, like really, like, shoved out of the Protestant arena, so to speak. Gotcha. So. Because uh, I was baptized twice. Yeah. Once yeah. as a different sect of Christianity. I don't remember what it was. Because okay. um, I was a baby. Mm-hmm. And then a second time, I think when I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. Uh-huh. Because that was, like, I you, came you to understand. Right. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I heard the word. I believed I repented and then um I was baptized right so I guess that is just confusing to me about the babies thing because baptism allowed my church home to hold me accountable to the faith right so Mm -hmm. what would you do then with a babe who's now growing up in the faith but hasn't officially made a confession to their congregation like, I guess that would just be something that I... It's very foreign to us. I'm very we, confused about. I know. It's very foreign to us because we aren't... That's not a norm for us because we're Reformed Baptists, essentially. Um, right. And I don't know many Presbyterians. I only know a handful because most of the people around me would adhere to, like, once you confess Christ, you get baptized. And I... Would I understand that argument as well? Well, didn't you say that you lean after looking at it, you agree more Presby? I mean, yeah. Personally, I think because I understand like I understand the argument of raising ch- children up in the baptism in which that because that sounds like dedication to me. Yeah, it, that sounds it really like is. a dedication because most Presbys that I know. Or maybe not presbies, just pedo baptists. So mm-hmm. people who who baptize their children when they're babies. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first you can't do immersion with a baby. I mean, you can. <laughs> Have you seen the videos of the Catholics <laughs> just like taking them by the legs and dunking them? <gasps> no. Yeah, dude. Like six months old babies. 
Oh. Just being <laughs> dunked real quick. Oh my gosh. But I do remember uh. learning too, like if you blow in a baby's face, they'll hold their breath initially by themselves. So like if you blow in their face real quick and then dunk them, they'll be fine. <laughs> However, I don't recommend it. And not like Presbyterians, they they sprinkle babies. They don't yeah. they don't dunk them, obviously. Well, the Pado Baptists would say that that I know, mm-hmm. would say that their baptism of their baby would be like a symbol of God holding their child and giving them salvation when they're older. So it's like a, an assurance of salvation when they get older. Right. That just sounds a little manipulative to me. It sounds... And like you don't believe in unconditional election then. It just sounds like... They think that baptism has the power to save their kids. Right. You know, and I... Which is where I, can't, I yeah, am yeah, lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think most Presbyterians believe that. Okay. I don't think, like, in the PCA, they wouldn't hold to that. Okay. It's more of a... Well, then I need new friends. <laughs> if you're a pedo-baptist and you'd like to be my friend, please email me at solasisters1517 at gmail.com. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and, uh... We can be friends. Follow us on Instagram at sola.sisters. Uh-huh. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. And on Twitter, sola underscore sisters. I have been kind of fiery lately. Are you? I'm, I bit. never get on the Twitter. Never. That's fine. Yeah. You so really, fiery. if you see any activity on Twitter, it's me. <laughs> Twitter is just too mean for me. It's very I'm mean. I'm a very sensitive person. I can't handle Same. it. Well, no one knows who we are, so I can say whatever the I heck know. I want. And I won't That's get any true. backlash on it. Have we ever posted pictures of us on our pages? No. I posted that one video, but I only wanted to keep it up for 24 hours. I thought it was going to go away after 24 hours, and it didn't, so I deleted it. It's okay. They don't need to see us. No. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. Maybe one day. If you watch the Oddcast, especially today's episode, you've probably seen me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they talked about you today. Yeah, I was in the thumbnail. <laughs> That's funny. Go yeah. check out Erica's husband's podcast. Yeah, the Oddcast. It's entertaining. It's like mindless entertainment. You know, it's nice. Anyway, yeah. I made um, me cry today. I cried today. You cried? Yeah. I was like, people to are gonna think I'm so mean. No, 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 no. And he was like, No, I told everybody that you were in shock. And they I'm probably like, think I'm you're sorry. weird from all your t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I okay, but Ricky so. did get it wrong. It was Patrick Starr riding a sloth in space. Oh my gosh. That's I don't wear those obnoxious. much anymore. That's hilarious. Okay, he said sorry. He had, you had four t-shirts. That's hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> a cycle of four t-shirts. LOL. That's fine. Who cares? Okay. Um, what were we talking about? Um, I don't remember Pedo Baptist. Um, Baby baptism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tend to lean that way just because... It's like, it's a practice of raising your kids up in the faith that they have been baptized into. So the faith has been theirs since their baptism, essentially. It's just at a certain point, they make it their own. But at the same time, I understand the Baptist argument of, well, they've been dedicated to the Lord. Like if you do like a a child dedication Essentially, like, the idea is the same, but they want the practice of baptism so that 
their kids can proclaim, I've been baptized in the Lord all of my life, if that makes sense. So, But I would say... But they haven't until they confess. That the baptism means nothing until they confess. Right. And then once they confess... But they're they, always elect as well. Right. If they confess. Right. Yeah. And the Lord won't bring you to him until he's gathered you up as his elect, if right, you right, are right, the right. elect. Until he, he's re- regenerated you. Right. It's so a it's, very interesting it's also, conversation. Yeah. I don't know enough about it to... To, uh swing that way yeah yet but this did cause me to research it more yeah because i was like i don't understand the difference between this and dedication yet yeah it it's very similar for me if it were up to me alone i think i would baptize my babies but because my husband skylar hasn't been persuaded would you do it the dunk (laughs) them would you hold them by their legs oh heck yeah man (laughs) Oh. They'd be hardcore babies. They should get, like, little floaties. Yes. No, I wouldn't clothes. do that. <laughs> but at the same time, like, learning, like, the definition of baptism, that alone could is enough for me to say, oh, well, duh, you have to fully immerse them, and you shouldn't do that to babies, so probably not. So, I don't know. I go back and forth all the time, but if it were up to me, I think I would baptize my babies, but because my husband hasn't been persuaded at all to do that, he's very... He's pretty staunch credo Baptist. Yeah, credo. <laughs> Credos. <laughs> um, so in that, I will submit to him, and we won't baptize our babies, which is totally fine. I have no problem with that. Because it's not, it's not an essential issue for me. So either way, I'm like, it'll be fine, because they're going to be raised in the Lord anyway. So Yeah, and it's the Lord's job to, well, job or decision, I guess, to elect them or not. So yeah. baptism, I just hit the thing. Oh, man. I didn't even hear it. Okay. That's I hit fine. the mic with my ring, and it made a ding. Um, <laughs> anyway, man, I don't know if I'm just hyper aware to all the sounds now or Everything what. is louder in our ears. It sounds I feel like I'm I can so hear scared everything. To move. Like, I have an itch on my back, and I keep just trying to, like, it, move my shoulder to try to get it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'm a credo Baptist. <laughs> Which basically just means I'm, I have, believe in believer's baptism because uh-huh. uh credo baptism the term came from latin word for creed mm-hmm. indicating that the baptism is a symbol of a person's adopting of a certain doctrine or a creed beautiful so um and we see like all throughout acts acts two believers baptisms people heard the word they accepted repented and believed and then they were baptized uh, Acts 16, the, Philippi- the Philippian jailer and his family, they believed once they heard the word and they were baptized. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. there, there isn't really a bunch of scriptures, or any really, I don't think, um, that mention baby baptisms. But mm-hmm. I have heard people say, yeah, well, the fam- the whole household was baptized. Mm-hmm. And um, that could have meant, ba- meant babies, but... I think that's reading a little too much in the text and you just don't know. Yeah. But you could make the argument. That. I've heard that before. And yeah. like what Kirsten said, not a salvation issue, so I don't care. I know, I don't care either. Just make sure your baby doesn't drown and I, I don't know. have an issue. I really don't have an issue after that. But I have also heard, I believe, it's a passage in Ephesians where um, Paul breaks it down where he addresses specific people. Like he starts with um, bond servants, then parents, and then children. And Presby's will often use that argument that when he's addressing children, he's addressing 
children who've been baptized in the faith. Like, it doesn't matter what age they are. It doesn't matter if they have confessed Christ or not. It matters that their parents have are bringing them up in Christ so that they know the fullness of Christ. Am I wrong? Is it not Ephesians? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Okay. It's towards the end of Ephesians, if I remember correctly. Or I could just be lying to you altogether. Ephesians 6? Perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps. Obey your parents, bond servants, obey your earthly masters. Like in the beginning of chapter 6. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command commandment with a promise, so that you may so that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth. And then just as fathers and slaves and blah blah blah. But um they address children because like God is calling children to obey the Lord. But what does a child care about obeying their parents if they aren't in the Lord already? Well, it's so the idea is that they have been baptized in the Lord so that they are a part of his family until they choose to leave kind of thing. Hmm. That's the idea. Not that they're saved, but that they're a part of the church until they choose to leave. Interesting. It's very interesting, isn't it? It makes me want to read Ephesians 1 through 5 to understand the fullness of the context because that seems like it's a little much of a stretch for me. I I understand, yes. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if they feel like obeying God or obeying their parents. It doesn't matter if they are saved or not saved. It's God's word. And God's standard is the standard whether you confess him as Lord or not. So mm-hmm. you should obey God whether you're saved or not. Sure. So, mm-hmm. but... But if you're not saved, you're not going to want to. Right. And maybe even if you are saved, you probably won't want to either. That's fair. That is Um, fair. I know. It's a very... It's a very... It's a very dense topic. And people kind of like... They make jokes about it all the time. And it's very like... It's very non-essential. So it... But it could lead to deeper issues. He is talking about Christian households, but I don't Mm -hmm. know what the practice was then. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was to baptize the entire family because of the father's faith went on to the kids, Mm -hmm. or if post-Christ they were doing things differently. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. If anybody knows, please let us know because I don't. Um, Which is interesting to talk about. But yeah. if I think all of this confusion could have been avoided if we had translated the word instead of transliterated the word. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I feel like a lot of this could have just been avoided. <laughs> we wouldn't have all this confusion. But whatever. It is what it is. It's fine. That's what you get for uh, being fallible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, communion? Yes. All right. Okay, this is fun. There's four main views okay. that I really found. I think I found four as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I've... Well, really, I... that I know of. I didn't really do much depth research on yeah, this Yeah, it wasn't super deep for me. Either. I didn't think we were going to talk about the two that we disagree with. 
Or the others that we did. Yeah, we can just tell them that it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But we don't have to stay there. <laughs> so the views that I have, if you have an extra one, just throw it in there. Okay. I got the Roman Catholic view. Uh-huh. I can't say the word. Trans- Transubstantiation. Uh-huh. Trans meaning change. Mm-hmm. Substantiation meaning substance. So literally mm-hmm. changing substance. Mm-hmm. Um, so Roman Catholics would believe that it changes to the flesh and the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, not only do you partake in the literal flesh and blood of Christ, but you also partake in the grace of God. So if you were to deny communion in a Roman Catholic tradition, you're denying the grace of God. Mm-hmm. I have a friend, um, they're, they're super Catholic in my brain, but I don't, in your brain. I don't think they really are. Because <laughs> um, I, I think of the Council of Trent as like what Roman Catholicism is, and I don't think they adhere to it. But anyway, mm. um, they both have celiac disease, so they can't partake in communion. <laughs> Well, you should come to our church. They have gluten-free yes, bread. Yes, that's right. That's right. Isn't that sad, though, that if they can't partake in communion, they can't partake in a certain part of his grace in the Catholic Church. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is interesting. Like, almost like celiac Can they just do like, the judgment on them. Yeah. Well, do they allow that? Because I don't. And then bring, like, anything. their own, like, I think they, bread? I think, no, they can't bring their own stuff. Oh, no. Because it hasn't been blessed by the priests. Well, can Duh. he just, can they bring it up there while they wait to take a little... No, it doesn't work that way. Dippy dip and a little It's a whole sip? ritual situation. Hmm. Catholicism is nuts. I'm sorry to all my Catholic friends. But y'all don't even believe it anyway, so please just get out. I'm sorry. Don't, just, don't even listen to me. I'm just rude. But I'm also right. Anyway... <laughs> Okay, so Luther, <laughs> he came out of the Roman Catholic stuff, yeah, uh-huh. and he was still wrong. Um, yes. He did a lot of things right, but he did some things wrong, and communion is one of them. <laughs> Are you talking In about consubstantiation? Mm-hmm. I have been told by a couple of Lutherans that they don't believe in consubstantiations. But well, that's good. Luther did. Yeah. Yes. That's what he taught. But the Lutheran church no longer associates with that. Okay. Well, that's view. good, I guess. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, con meaning together, substance, that other word, still meaning substance. <laughs> um, so it coexists with the body and the blood. Basically, the, what I, how I've heard this explained... I don't know if it's right, but how I've heard it explained in the past, because this makes no sense, it coexists with the body and the blood. What are you even talking about? You're basically a Roman Catholic. Um, what it means, though, it's not, it doesn't take on the fullness of his flesh and his blood. So if you think of a sponge, and you have some water, and the sponge soaks up the water, the water doesn't become the sponge, and the sponge does not become the water, but the water is still immersed no. in the sponge, which is how Luther, which is how it makes sense. That's bizarre. It's that, because he came out of the Catholic Church, too, so I understand. So he's trying to, like, he's a little, like break PTSD. away from that a little bit. Yeah. He doesn't stray too far from home, but just yeah, enough yeah, yeah, yeah. to not be associated which with them. Which is bizarre to me. Um, but, yeah, Jesus is present in, with, and under the bread and the wine. Nah. We don't agree with that either. Nah. Sorry, Lucy. Disagree. Lucy. <laughs> in. We're going to yell at you one day. Such a bad idea. 
Maybe he's already being yelled at. Oh, I'm sure. Maybe he's There's just like, a bunch what of saints were you there. thinking? And he's like, I'm sorry, Lord. Um, then we go to Zing... What? Who? Zwiggy. We go... I've been told Where that... Where my brain? I've been told that the W is pronounced as a V. What? So it's... Sw- <laughs> swingly. Not to me. W because it's, it's German. If and you want Germans pronounce their W's as V's, apparently. If you want it to be pronounced as a V, you have to use a V. I'm sorry. I know. If Those, you well, that's don't a V want... to them. That's why they're Venus Switzels. But it's you a, know? but it's a double U, not a double V. Well, it's written as a double V though, so you can't be too mad at them. I, it's not written as a double U. I write mine like a double U. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a curved bottom. I do not curve the bottoms of my W's. No. What? The lowercase ones I do with the capital ones. I don't. <laughs> so you need to pronounce this as a V. Okay. Welcome. But for um, purpose of this, mm. my notes, it's Zwingli. I'm an American, so therefore I'm right. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. That was a joke. Please don't take that too seriously. No, 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 no. That was a joke. Okay. Uh, Zwingli, I bounce between him and the next guy. I don't really know. Yeah, same, same, same. I same, think Zwingli is too easy and the next guy doesn't expound enough. Um, but Zwingli would say it's just an act of remembrance. Bread and wine are merely symbols reminding us of the broken body and the shed Purely. blood for our redemption. Mm-hmm. So it's like a memorial view. Yeah. Um, Which isn't wrong. It just, it's incomplete. Right, because Cray says do this in remembrance of me. So right. that's where we get it from. Right. And then our good old boy Calvin, John Calvin. Johnny. Johnny I'm pretty sure he, because he, he's French, so he, I'm pretty sure he was Jean at first, and then he changed it to Jean. I could be lying to you, but I'm pretty sure I heard that somewhere. What, he also pronounces the Y of Johnny Jean like Calvin. a Q? John Qu- Calvin? <laughs> <laughs> Where he pronounces the V like a W? So it would be Calvin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm having too much fun. Okay, uh, <laughs> Johnny C., John Calvin, uh, has a spiritual presence view. So he said that Zwingli didn't go far enough, um, mm-hmm. but that Luther went way too far. And I guess yeah, the Roman yeah, Catholic yeah, Church yeah, yeah. did too. Um, well, they're, they're like a whole different ballpark, those Catholics. Mm-hmm. Just skip that one altogether, everybody. Um, but that communion, the elements, bring us into the presence of Christ and his benefits. And the Holy Spirit makes um, fellowship in the here and now. So those who take communion are actually being nourished by the blood of Christ. Oh. Okay. Why? What do you have? No, I I just... It's just so bizarre to my brain. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he doesn't... I don't know what he means by we're being nourished by the blood of Christ. Right. But I understand the presence because obviously Jesus is fully God and God is omnipresent. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So all four views that I just listed all say that Christ is present in communion. Mm-hmm. But how is a little bit different. Right. That's but, just so um, bizarre to me. And he doesn't go far enough, but I would agree that the Holy Spirit has to play a role. It can't just be a simple yeah, remembrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would agree with that as well. But I also think, too, because communion is only taken within a church context. Like, you only do it when you're with the church that that might be where we get the spiritual presence of christ not necessarily the communion elements you know what i mean right does that make sense what i'm saying so like if you hold to a swingly view 
Zwingli. <laughs> What's his first name? Do you remember? No, I don't remember either. I just call him Zwingli. Swingly. That's the best name ever. Anyway, um, so if you hold to a more moralistic view, a more um, remembrance type view, you you will still get the presence of Christ with it because you are with the body of believers in which the spirit dwells. So it's literally impossible to remove any kind of like spiritual aspect to communion because if you're with the church, you are with the spirit. It can't it can't be removed from each other. Right. You know? Yeah. So it can't it can't just be a simple like act of remembrance because the spirit is always there. Yeah, Zwingli is like memorial presence, like where you're just brought into the remembrance of his life, death, resurrection. Mm-hmm. But Calvin is like a spiritual presence. Somehow the spirit is involved. We just don't really understand how. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It's so interesting. I love learning like all the details that went into baptism and communion too because... People lost their life for them. For all of these things. For all of these things. You know, one of the biggest murders that the Roman Catholic did was over the argument of transubstantiation. And then here's Luther like, you guys are wrong. Mm -hmm. It's con-trans-con... It's that big word that I can't say. Con-substantiation. It's together substance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bizarre. I can't say that word. Still weird. But yeah, I remember learning that one of the queens of England's was so into transubstantiation that she killed any Protestant who didn't believe it. Set them on fire. Mm. Whoops. I'm sure she had a really great understanding mm-hmm. of the Bible. She's um, um Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. She loved killing people. Yeah. Hence the name Bloody Mary. Whoops. Anyway. Yeah. Is yeah. that it? I, I think so. Did you have I... a different thing on yours for your notes? No. Oh, okay. All the same. Cool. Same, th- same things. All right. So we differ in baptism as of current. Mm-hmm. But that's fine, and we are the same in communion mm-hmm. as of current. Yes. Who knows? Maybe I'll go to a more Luther view. LOL. I probably won't. No, 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 no. Okay, well, that's it. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope we shocked you with some things. <laughs> um, this is part one. I don't think I said that in the intro. This is like church oh, practices yeah. part one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, stay tuned for part two whenever the heck that will be recorded and come out. We don't, Eventually. We have no idea. We're just winging it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and all glory be to Christ. Bye. Later.